Happy Friday. We are here with Fazless Radio Friday. We're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to discuss really cool, dry, boring things, but we're going to do it in an exciting way. So let's get to it. Friday night. Pretty exciting, isn't it? You know, you'd think I'd cut that clip down a little bit, but I never do. So here we are, Fazless again. Faz, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what his deal. I heard earlier in the week something about a Brazilian wax, and then something went wrong. He's not here tonight. So you get me. Tonight we're going to talk about blockchain and tunnel vision. I've got some notes up over here, some things that I wanted to hit, talk about, and see what you guys have to say as well. So I've noticed something. We're, we're starting to catch up again. Oh, I almost forgot. Check this out. So I made some new layouts for Faz Radio. We're going to try this one tonight since Faz isn't here. Let's see. How about it? How about it? I like it. Faz liked it. Some of the other screens are a little bit more fun. I made these like two weeks ago, but uh, I was out last week. My daughter at school has a annual daddy-daughter dance. We had to go. We had a blast. I was singing. She didn't like that so much. I was dancing a little bit. She kind of disappeared. You know, I mean, 10-year-old girls, you know, it's all fine and good. We went for ice cream after. We had a great time. I listened to last week's cast. That was interesting. That was a it was an interesting cast. But I do want to talk about tunnel vision. Okay. And we're seeing some some movement up in the crypto market. Everybody's thinking maybe bull run. I don't know about that. I don't know about a bull run. I think we're recovering a little bit. But what I wanna what I wanna address first is how how narrow this space has become, right? So we had 16 months maybe of bear-ish people not doing much of anything. The markets were down. People weren't making money. The excitement wasn't there. Even those, those ape JPEGs kind of took a dump. So we started to recover some some activity brewing. So everybody out there in the crypto world had like 16, 18 months of building. And everybody, everywhere you see it, you see it on Twitter, you see it in CFA, you see it on all the other discords. Everybody's saying, we're building, we're building, we're building. And here we are, and things are starting to come out. And I'm seeing a lot of the same things being just redone. And really, when I say tunnel vision, I'm talking about the what I deem to be a lack of innovation, right? People are creating new things, but they're not innovative new things. You have a different look, a different website, a different skin, a different thought process. But 
we still have MetaMask, which has been around forever. The exchanges still operate the same way. The NFTs haven't changed much, except for the people's attitudes about these NFTs. And this space with payments and ways of, of jumping onto the rails and becoming involved in doing new things and having new use cases for crypto just did not materialize that I can see so far. So I wanted to talk about that in three areas tonight. I wanted to talk about it from an access standpoint. I wanted to talk about it from an adoption standpoint. And I want to talk about gaming, right? Most of you are here because of the gaming side. That's where we do a lot of our casts from. So we're definitely going to hit the gaming. But let's Let's start with access, okay? So we're seeing over the last 16 months, people building things. But we're seeing some warning signs that maybe that building isn't, isn't going in the right direction from us on the user side, right? So we've seen X, uh, FTX disappear. They were, they were doing a lot of things that on the surface looked like they'd be great for the crypto community. They were making partnerships, at least they said that. They uh, created a platform where you could do lots of cool, innovative things. Coinbase, they've got some partnerships. They've tried to dabble a little bit um, on the payment side and created different things that you can do within the Coinbase wallet. We've expanded the domain names to make you know the addresses a little bit simpler where you're sending them. We're seeing a couple, not very many, but a few places plugging into that. But... What I'm seeing is this, like if I go to log in, right? If I go to log in at OpenSea or uh, Flip XYZ or any of these other places, I'm not seeing a lot of these new wallets that are out there showing up to be able to connect, right? So I've been talking up Rabby Wallet quite a bit lately. I've been playing with it pretty extensively over the last couple of weeks. And I still think it's fantastic. They had a little hiccup about a week and a half ago. They, the network went down a little bit. I didn't see any reports of anybody losing anything. I didn't lose anything. Um, but it's kind of like a, a MetaMask clone with a few features added onto it, right? So there we are with the innovation again. We at least have a, a different wallet. But if you go to connect, sometimes it can be difficult. I've had some issues at some places trying to connect that Rabby wallet even through that MetaMask interface, right? And we're seeing, and I've talked about this on FAS Radio before, we're seeing a lot of consolidation, privatization, and, and constricting in that space. For instance, one of the things I don't like about Rabbi Wallet is it generates a little browser code, right? And that browser code, now it's for safety and security, mind you, but it's annoying as hell. It doesn't allow you to have multiple wallets running at the same time. Meaning, if I click on Rabby and make Rabby active, it shuts down MetaMask, it shuts down Strike Wallet, it shuts down Phantom Wallet, and the only place you can you can connect is through Rabby, right? So if you're switching platforms, you want to go do something on Solana and you have your wallet in your browser, you just click over and it works. Well, you can't do that if you have Rabby working. Now, I read the documentation because I thought it was, you know, crap. I'm like, this is bullshit. This is centralized stuff. but no. So it's it's from a security standpoint. They don't want people to be able to hack wallet to wallet in your browser. I get it. I get it. Okay. So it's a little minor annoyance, but that's not really innovation. It's smart, but it's not innovation. 
Um, a small portion of innovation that I've seen in, in the new wallets coming out, they allow you to switch networks automatically. MetaMask doesn't have that feature. Um, so a little bit of innovation, but kind of locked down yet again. We're seeing blockchains emerge, you know, whether it's uh, something built on top of ETH or, or something that's uh, brand new and and what what companies will say is innovative. I know there's there's a, a new Cosmos L2 uh, that's that's being worked on and they're they're saying it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Okay, but it's it's privatized. All right, it's not open and public, and we're seeing everybody trying to stuff people into their ecosystem and not let them out. They want to keep them. They want to hoard them into their space. And that, that is bothersome. And that's why I call it tunnel vision. The, the whole purpose for me of decentralization and open source and open crypto is to, to open these things up to people. There was talk, and we've, we've talked about it on FAS Radio, what, you know, how do you how do you bridge easily between these networks? And there's there's tokens and there's platforms and there's a lot of different um, utility tokens even between them that allow you to switch between. You know, you can take your stuff and move it over here. And and ordinals came out. And you can on Bitcoin. You can you can put your monkey JPEGs on Bitcoin now, right? It's difficult to do. It's time-consuming and it's expensive. I don't see crypto becoming successful and and very user-friendly doing that. You have platforms that require a hop, a skip, and a jump, and confusing bridges. And I I've been doing this for a while, like over on Avalanche, right? I I do a lot of Avalanche projects lately. They have a great blockchain system there, but I I've done it. 20, 30, 40 times, but I bridge over and I hold my freaking breath every single time I do that. And it can't be that difficult, right? I know what I'm doing, or at least I think I know what I'm doing most of the time. And if I'm nervous, anybody else who's going to adopt this and use it, the millions and billions of people who are going to use this, they're not going to, they're not going to want to jump through hoops like that. It has to be seamless. There has to be some innovation here to where a platform can come out that can merge all of this together. So when I'm looking around the blockchain, those are the platforms I'm looking to not only be a part of, but to take those assets and invest in those tokens and invest in that technology to get us where, where I think we can make this a simpler place to be. All right. We're hearing rumors now that there's potentially KYC coming to places like MetaMask, even Ledger. It just broke this week, uh, the news on Ledger. There's there's more drama on this hardware wallet. They they pulled the, the Ledger released some of their, their source code in an open way, and people started digging through it. And literally everything is tracked in Ledger Live. If you have a computer that has a webcam, they're tracking where you're looking. They're tracking where you're clicking. If it's on your phone, they're doing the same thing using that camera. I mean, it's like it's like ridiculous. This is not supposed to be a surveillance state, right? This is supposed to be open, permissionless, and somewhat anonymous if you want it to be. Uh, I'm not a big fan of KYC. I don't think it's anybody's business what you do with your money, your tokens, your, your Bitcoin, or anything like that. 
Um, these are these are things that that'll have to be overcome, and, and we're seeing them narrowing this down further and further. There's there's banks, a lot of them in the UK and Australia, that are that are blocking people from taking and moving money from Chase Bank, Barclays, Bank of Scotland, uh, over to any crypto platform. And if they are letting you move it, it's only to certain ones that they approve of. Uh, it's it's closing down in the United States. The Signature Bank is the first one that that really caught the news wave about shutting shutting down deposits. And we had the Prime Trust issues, and several of the people who used Prime Trust, which was a very crypto friendly bank, when that imploded, they pulled the plug on that as well. So that that's a big concern. That's a concern. There are crypto friendly banks out there. Some say they are, but I'm not quite sure I believe it. Uh, I keep close tabs on all that stuff to make sure that that, that isn't going to get censored from me. Right? Um, I'd like to see some of that innovation coming up with new things. And we know things are going to break when they move. right? We've all been through that, especially if you've been involved in some of the platforms that CFA promotes and talks about. And uh, you'll you'll go to that, that site. I know we had... Uh, one that we talked about maybe a year and a half ago. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and there was all kinds of innovation we had talked about that they were doing. And all of that innovation just stopped all of a sudden. And it was most likely due to regulatory issues and things like that. Hey, Zorro. Welcome, man. You're on a road trip tonight. Yes. We got we to gotta do a, uh, a road trip. A bunch of us... Uh, the CFA people, I'm going to try and convince Faz to do uh, some type of event where we get together somewhere. All the people from CFA that want to want to go, we need to get together. We need to have like a weekend or something where we go have some fun. So, hey, be safe on that road trip. I'm just yammering over here. So enjoy the, the droning sound of Titan reaching you tonight. So, all right, back to the access. I want to see that access smoothed out. I want people to innovate in there. If you, if anybody here knows of, of platforms who are driving that innovation and trying to make things simpler, easier, more fluid, without hassle and headache, please, please go into the, the FAS radio chat uh, on CFA, drop the, those projects in there. I want to start researching them. I want to bring those people on the show and I want to talk about what they're actually doing to take us to that next level. We need to get this done, guys. People people are getting tired of running into brick walls and and the walls are closing from a regulation standpoint. So, let's uh let's see if we can find some projects together and get together on these. We've gotten out of the the newer projects uh lately the past year or so cuz things haven't been all that great. Let's find some new ones. We can bring the people on. We can talk about them. We can become involved in some platforms who are going to take us to that next level. All right. Adoption. This is another huge point where the, the tunnel is getting smaller and smaller. All right. So over that 16 months talking about the building, we haven't seen a lot of a lot of places adopting, jumping into that that crypto boat. Even having a point of sale platform to where you can use your Bitcoin or your Litecoin or your ETH or whatever it is that they want to take. Mostly it's going to be Bitcoin. Let's be realistic. Lightning Network, I was really big on Lightning Network. I talked about it on here for 
the last year or year and a half, and it's running into a lot of snags now. There's only, I think they said it was like 5,000 Bitcoin worth of liquidity on the whole Lightning Network. Um, Adam Back has the Liquid Network, right? And that hasn't grabbed a lot of adoption. And whether it's person to person or person to commerce or going down and, and buying a cup of coffee or whatever the case may be, we're not seeing a lot of that. El Salvador is like almost strictly Bitcoin at this point, which is fantastic, but I'm not in El Salvador. We have a lot of these new new uh, new leaders that are coming out. We just had Malay. I, I hate his pronouncing his name. I've heard it like five different ways. We're going to call him Malay who is dedicating getting rid of a central bank and, and moving towards potentially a Bitcoin uh, economy, right? To where it's going to be heavily invested on that side. I think that that is where the innovation is going to come from. I'd like to see people building on that. We need adoption for it. And it, it doesn't have to be coffee or books. There's a couple of platforms out there, but they look sketchy as hell, to be honest with you, where you can go and, they have a conglomerate of, you know, three, four companies um, that will uh, that will guide you and, and act as an intermediary, taking your Bitcoin and then paying the company in dollars or whatever so that you can use that. Now, that's the first step. Right. But we're, we're nowhere near where we need to be. I'd like to see that uh, more and more. The platforms that I'm building with my own businesses are moving to Bitcoin only. Right. I'm not going to take fiat. I'm not going to take credit cards. It's going to be payment and Bitcoin only. I know I've been promising those for a long time. Zoro, you've called me out twice on this. I'm working at it. Um, you guys don't. Well, if you were in the green room, you know about it. I'm on uh, for my day job. I'm on what's called a core team. And we're we're doing a lot of, of stuff within that company. And it's a it's a lot of extra time that I have to put in. I I've slowed down on everything. I'm helping my wife build her ghost podcast and ghost business uh, for, for her paranormal investigations. So my time has been thin. I thought I'd have it done by now, but I don't. So I'm working on adoption myself. But um, you, you have, or you had, I should say, a lot of different projects that were out there talking about it's ABC Labs or, um, you know, we, we, what was that token? What was it? The one that I loved so much um, that did the uh, SYL, that was it, SYL. They're doing the uh, the KYC research. They're, they're a lab. I want to see more labs that'll affect that adoption. I want to see them get those partnerships. I want to see all of us going out there and talking about it and spreading the word around that we need to get some adoption for this stuff. We need NFTs to do something besides look pretty and be collectible and maybe give us a buff in a game that we play somewhere on, on the Internet. Right. We have to have a utility to be able to, to title your car in in an NFT, to be able to uh, tokenize perhaps your home or to buy or sell your home using Bitcoin or any other token that's out there. We need documents that can be certified. We need a lot of these things that that have a use case for tokenization and for payments on this side of it. It's up to us to do those things. No one's going to do it for us. We have to find the people. We have to encourage them. We have to support them to build those things, right? 
innovators are people I, I consider like I, I love Rostikip and I haven't given him enough love lately. Rostikip, we've had him on the show a couple of times here. This guy is banging out ridiculous shit right now. All right. He takes his his base platforms and he's building these wonderful things. And uh, they're talking. He, I saw in the discord just the other day, he's getting ready to release, I think, two more uh, tools that can be used in a, in a marketplace for Christ's sake. The guy is just destroying everything that he touches in a good way. Right. Not destroying in a bad way, destroying in a good way. He thinks of something. He puts it into action. He puts it out there for people to use. The guy hasn't asked for a dime from anybody. If you've got a couple of extra tokens laying around in that wallet, go to Ross to Kip, give that guy a donation, right? Support him any way that you can. He's a hell of a good guy. Those are the people that I want to support a thousand percent. People who are showing me what they're doing, who are innovating, coming up with something new, something different, something that can plug in, plug and play wherever he goes. He can take that. Uh, I think he's building stuff for Gala right now. And if if he can plug it into Gala, he should he can. I, I bet you he could pull that up, turn it around, plug it right into playable. I'll bet you he could pick that up, turn around, plug it right into EVIO and and that's what I call innovation. That's what I want to see. That's adoption. It's giving people a way to use things that they have in the crypto world, whether it's tokens, whether it's NFTs, whether it's it's small, what do they call those? The, the smart contracts, right? Whether it's small smart contracts within that platform, it gives them a place to use what, what they see in their head and what they want to build for, for the people that are out there using this innovation and adoption. All right. I want to see, we, we saw Gemini, we saw Kraken, we saw even Coinbase, as I talked about a little bit earlier, they're, they're trying to affect these partnerships. There's a lot of companies, there's a lot of entities out there that are skeptical of this. And it's because of the regulation. But we, we had this conversation a little while ago. I do want to touch on this with the adoption. A lot of us have have tunnel visioned ourselves into understanding or believing, I should say that this is a, a, the whole crypto world is like, is like managed by the United States, right? It's not, it's global. And you have like Dubai is a great center for that. El Salvador is a great center for that. Uh, Japan is working on a couple of things to integrate it very deeply over there. India is working on some of this stuff. In Australia, they're a little tight on it, but they're they're releasing some of it. I've, I've talked to Glitch about this, and they're they're loosening up on certain things, especially on the tax side. I think we even talked about it on the cast. He joined me on not too long ago, and I wanna I wanna see people start to look global instead of just focused on you know the United States regulations are horrible now. We're in the United States, so if we touch it, yes, we're, we're regulated by it. Even if they're in Dubai, if we if we interact with with that company or that platform, we're subject to U.S. laws. But I do want you to think of innovation. I do want you to look at projects that not necessarily are even there. Just follow the law. You know what the law is. Don't be stupid, right? Pay your taxes. Pay attention to sketchy and shady places, 
but look outside of that that narrow focus of and don't think that the United States is the be all end all to crypto. All right. So now we'll we'll do a little talking about what everybody normally comes here to talk about, and that's gaming, right? And a lot of you aren't gonna like what I, what I'm about to say, but my com I named my company Unleash Reality for a reason because I'm tired of tap dancing around things. Let's call things for what they are. Let's work together to solve the problems that we're seeing. When when I talk about things that I'm about to talk about. It's to stimulate thought, stimulate discussion, to solve problems. It's, it's not about trying to piss on someone's parade, all right? And a lot of you guys think that, that a lot of us out here who, who come from the, what you think is a negative standpoint, it's not a negative standpoint. We're pointing out the reality of things. There's no pie in the sky here. There's a lot of people that, that have this pie in the sky mentality, and that's got to stop because you're losing money. You're losing opportunity. You're losing a lot of what this whole space is about when you think that narrowly. Okay. So with gaming, there's also a lack of innovation. Okay. And it's mostly at this point recycled ideas. All right. Look around at all the games, regardless of what platform. Look at all the games, right? You have you have a couple of basic genres that you're in. You have your, your casino gamblers. You have your Fortnite clones. You have um, your farming clones. You have your runners. You have your, your um, like your crypto kitties. They call them spawners or something like that, where you just spawn off a new thing and then you either go play something with it or you sell it or whatever, right? You have these basic genres. Nobody's gone outside of that yet. There's not a game out there that I know of. If you know of one, drop it in. We'll all go have a look at it and we'll all uh, see what it's all about. But nobody's innovating outside of that. They're not. They're just trying to make what was already successful a different kind of successful on a different platform and they throw around the word decentralized when almost every one of them is nowhere near decentralized. They throw around, Oh, play to earn, earn money. And, and, and that's not what it's about, but they know that's what will bring the boys with their milkshake or however that thing goes, right? Your milkshake brings the boys to the yard, dangle a few tokens out there and people will come. They're not there to play your game. They're there to make money. Okay. Which, which then brings us into why the gaming, right? So we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this channel, right? And a lot of you, we've talked about it in Discord and everything else, all right? To me, there's three crucial elements, okay? Three that, that make a game successful or viable or give it any type of longevity, all right? And the first uh, the first part of this, I, I want to be very careful how I talk about this, okay? It has to be engaging. And I want you to take very careful note that I'm not saying the word fun. Let's, let's put the word fun out of this part of the discussion. We'll get to that part a little bit later, but let me explain why. 
the game has to be engaging because you have to have hooks in that game that are going to make you want to play. You have to have visual. Visually, that's like number one. You have to have a beautiful freaking game. All right? It has to look good. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be lifelike graphics, right? It doesn't have to be to where you can't distinguish a human from a computer character. But the graphics, it has to be pleasing to look at. The colors matter. The fluid movements, the way things explode, the way that uh, people look when they run or, or if they pick up an item, what that item looks like. It cannot look like ass, people. That is a crucial part of this. So that right there is a really big part of it being engaging. Second, you have to have the ability to do something other than sit and stare at a screen. All right. A lot of these games, I'm not saying all of them, I'm not saying the majority, but a lot of these games, it's just one player playing a game and you do whatever it is you're going to do. You might have friends to play with you, right? But maybe not in the same same places you're playing. They might be on the other side of a poker table or uh, you're in a group, you're maybe in a room, you're, you're talking a little bit. You have, uh, I know Spider Tanks is a game. You can get in there with your friends. You can create a team and you can go out and you can play the game. I'm not going to go into the Spider Tanks drama, folks. Just bleh. We're just talking from a high level here, right? But a lot of these is is that single character. And then it, 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 it has to bring you to a goal or a set of goals or a set of checkpoints, right? There has to, and, and a lot of times people go, oh, well, you, they use the word progression. You have to progress in the game. That doesn't mean that you're level 92. Who gives a fuck what level 92 means on there? What, what you obtain in that game has to matter, not just the level number that you're at. And I'm seeing a lot of that. And to me, that's a lazy shortcut just to, just to give somebody something so it looks like you, you're, You've accomplished progression in the game. When you hit, like, I used to play a lot of these games. I, I was a Sim guy, right? I, I played Sim City. I played Roller Coaster Tycoon. I played the Sim City on the iPad. Not as good as the old games where you literally had to zone out the commercial zones and the industrial zones. And I love that shit. I played 1602 AD on the computer. That was my all-time favorite builder. Um, you you had to go and and create a colony on an island and it was freaking hard but you got levels right you couldn't get a bigger boat until you did x y and z and then you got a bigger boat and it call it grinding call it whatever but you you had to work for it and you hit it it wasn't level three and oh boy you you get four stars and and you get your your guy moves a little faster this was like progression real progression to where you earned something and it, whether it was a buff or a new building or something else, those are the types of things that you need to provide people for that engagement. They have to be striving for something and it can't be an endless loop. It, it endless loops get boring after a while because there's, there's nothing left to accomplish. That's why I don't play SimCity on, on my iPad anymore. I got to a certain point. I played it for like two years and I'd gotten all the, the cool stuff and there was really nothing else to do. I explored 
they you could get in these like little guilds and stuff like that and that was kind of fun for a while we'd have competitions among ourselves and you know we'd tell each other to blow up a certain part of the city and you know try again and i mean but you you get to that point to where it's kind of over right and that's your your lifespan of your game so you have to be thinking of that ahead of time and you have to to innovate and put those levels of engagement for different types of players. Because if you have a wide open game, like some of these games are coming out, you, you, you want to appeal to, to people who want to obtain different goals, right? Some people might like battles. Some people might like the building. Some people might like the social aspects of it. There has to be multiple goals and multiple levels of engagement that people are reaching for so that they can decide to do that track. Or if they want to switch, it gives them something else to go for. It, it, it stimulates you through that engagement. Okay. Having, having your friends or your co-players or anything playing those games, that's where the traditional gaming wins out big time right now. It seems like a lot of these gaming companies on the blockchain side are just throwing together whatever shit they can throw together and and put out on a platform and they dangle the token thing and and everybody comes running because there's tokens and they wonder why people criticize the games the game has to be in in these in these areas to where that engagement is there the second thing that you have to have and this is where this is where I really kind of go off the rails and I had one argument with Faz about this a long time ago, and I kept meaning to bring it up, and it's a shame he's not here tonight. Maybe we'll talk about it next week or something. Um, but it's I, I, I think economies are complete bullshit right now. Every game out there says they have an economy, and they have potentially economists that are economizing tokens and this and that and putting together this whole thing. It's no, it's not. It's not an economy. Okay. It is a game that you play that if you do X, Y, or Z, you get a few tokens or you get an NFT or you get a buff. That is not an economy. An economy is where multiple people are exchanging things and it's self-supporting and there's no fingers in there pulling levers and, and putting bridge fees and this and that and the other. It's an economy. It's self-sustaining by the players. Now I know what you're thinking. I know exactly what you're thinking and what you're going to type in that box over there. You're going to say, Titan, what the fuck do you think Miranda says? Okay. I know we'll get there. I promise that comes with the fun thing. We're getting there. That is close, but not quite. And let me explain to you why. An economy has to have several factors. It's not just sinks and buffs and sinks and payable tokens. There has to be a way to interact within that game that has a complete loop on it and a growth factor on it. And people have narrowed this down to money in versus money out. People who play versus the, the terrible extractors. Yes, yeah, see, I knew Galagang was going to throw that up there. I knew he was going to do it. So um, you, you, it's not that simple, 
okay? They're extracting for two reasons. Number one, there's nothing worth spending those tokens on in the game. For whatever reason, whether it's too expensive, whether there's too many things to buy, whether it's required to buy, whether it's just not appealing to the gameplay itself. That's reason number one that people extract, okay? The second reason that people extract is because the shit is too expensive, okay? It's far too expensive. I know people, and people that might even be listening to this cast right now, it's, it's possible, right? That have spent $70,000 on a map, who have spent $20,000 on characters for a game, that automatically drives people to want to pull back at least what they've put into it. If you have $5 characters and $10 land, people aren't going to give a shit if they earn a dollar a day. They're not going to extract a dollar a day. They're not going to try and extract $10 to pay themselves back for land. They're going to extract when they're, when, 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 the things that they have to buy to participate in that game cost hundreds, if not thousands, and oh my God, tens of thousands of dollars. And that's the greed factor. That's why you're seeing what you're seeing. Those two reasons are why you can't have a, a, a true economy running in a game. And then there's gates on it. And when you put a gate on something, right? Don't put baby in the corner because baby's going to go away from the corner. You put a gate on my exit, I'm going through it. You know, you see the memes all over the place, right? With don't press this button and they put a camera out and they, they see all the people walking by and everybody pushes the fucking button. Why? Because someone's telling you not to. You want to rebel. Leave it be. If your game fails, your game fails. That means you've not done what's required to get people to want to keep their money in in that game in that economy or you haven't created that true true part of engagement to where people want to save that money in the game to progress towards something else there's there's no hook down the road for them to strive for now we're going to get to the part with Mirandas Okay, this is where you're 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 gonna start rolling your eyes and and motherfuck Titan for a week, right? So here's and and Faz and I have talked about this before. So you're you're gonna have issues in a game like Miranda's for a couple of different reasons, and I could spend all night going into them, but I'm gonna give you the basics. Number one, a lot of the things that have been sold are pre-sold, all right, and people spend a lot of money for them what we just talked about a minute ago. And those people are going to want, as soon as the gates to Mirandas open, people are going to want to start recouping that. So prices are going to be ridiculous. Watch it happen. People want to recoup that, right? Then you go into your second layer of things. And you say, oh, man, because I have one, right? I bought a weapon shop. I got a weapon shop, right? Oh, man, I'm going to be a store owner. I'm going to go in there. This is cool. There's this economy. I'm going to pay rent, you know, because I have to put my my weapon shop somewhere. I'm, I'm going to pay rent to, to let's see, we'll pay rent to Zorro because I know Zorro's probably got some, got a great town of the Baron or something over there, right? And I'm going to pay him rent and I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to put these weapons in there. Well, guess what? 
then that weapon shop turns into a job for you. And remember, go back and listen to McCarthy, right? He wants this to be as realistic as possible, which I think is so freaking kick-ass, right? He wants this to be realistic. If you're not in your shop, your shop's not producing. So now you have people that it's a job to go in there because if you're not there, you're not producing weapons. So your weapon shop is out. People got to go somewhere else. And you've spent money for in-game assets. There's back and forth on whether Materium is going to be the token or if they're going to have a in-game token or whether Gallet. All right, again, big picture here. We're not going to jump into minutia. Or you're going to... You can hire somebody, right? You can, I can call Faz and, and since Faz, you know, uh, I'm a night person. He's not so much a night person. I say, oh man, I'll run the shop at night until four in the morning. If you'll run it, you know, since you get up early from seven in the morning until noon, you can hot, but I gotta, I'm going to have to pay Faz to do that because it's work. It's a job, right? And I've heard uh, from the, the progression of Miranda, there's not going to be like NPCs, right? You're not going to be able to just hire somebody. Or maybe they change that. They think that through and go, oh, wait, that's maybe a bad idea. Um, you know, maybe we ought to have, um, you know, when, when people are off a certain portion of the day, it'll run by itself. Well, then you have automation, so it's not a true economy. Then you say, oh, well, you know, this is going to be realistic. We have to have sleep, right? You have to go to sleep. So if I go to an inn and I pay an inn, and uh, I, I give them 50 materium for a night's sleep. And for whatever reason, I can't log in the next day. They throw me out in the front and I get killed? Or do I have to pay another $50 to somebody because I didn't go into the game and get my character out? Well, that's going to blow an economy because variety of reasons. Either you're paying too much or you're getting killed and you have to pay to go get resurrected. So there's a lot of, a lot of these things that need to be figured out, right? So. The fun part of it might end up getting minimized because it'll turn into work. You also have the ability, and Faz has talked about this at great length during our Miranda's talks over time, right? Gala's obviously not done releasing things, right? This was the initial release, all the things that are out there right now, all these shops, all these exemplars, but they're going to need more. Right. There always has to be more. And they're not going to want to never sell anything again. Are you kidding me? They're going to want to sell things. So in, instead of a tavern, they may release a jousting bar. Right. And and the jousting bar is is going to be there and they're going to sell those. So you're going to have your property that you bought diluted and, and things are going to get diluted. There's going to be new exemplars. Right. Because there's going to be different tasks. Maybe. Maybe they do that. Maybe they have worker exemplars. Maybe you're a, a miner, right? You have your your glimmering clan, which will go out and find diamonds and things like that. But who's going to mine it? Who's going to dig the mine so that you can go into it and do it, right? Maybe they, they release those and that's going to dilute things a little bit, which is going to mess with the economy. So you have a centralized entity controlling that economy. So it's not a true economy at that point. So. I love the concept. I think it's a great idea, but I think there's a lot of things that need to be thought through quite carefully before this will catch on. Also, the cost is going to be prohibitive. You have that 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 progression as we talked about, right? I want to be 
I'm new. I don't have any exemplars. I don't have anything. I, I'm brand new to Gala when, when Mirandus releases. And I want to go in there. And I'm like, I'm reading about this. And I'm watching these podcasts. And I'm all excited. I'm all jacked up. And I say, you know what? The thing I want to do the most is I, I want to be a farmer. I want to I want to supply grain and barley for the for the ta- for the places that'll make that into beer and I want to I want to own a farm. Do you know how long it's going to take people to get a farm? How much they're going to have to earn and how long it's going to take them to get there because they're going to have to grind, man. And they're going to grind and they've got to figure out a way to make money, but they've also got that upfront cost. Well, if I want to make money, I'm going to have to buy arrows. And I'm going to have to buy a bow, so I'm going to have to go to an archery sh- archery stand, and I'm going to have to get something. And then I'm going to have to go kill things and maybe take the, the deer that I kill over to somebody and sell it for something. And I'm going to have to go buy more arrows. And and the, the, the initial cost, you want to leg yourself up and buy a better character and go do things, the, the cost and the cost associated with that grind could be could be trouble, right? So... I do hope that a lot of the 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 guilds that are out there I know masters of material I, I watch their shows all the time. They got a lot of great things to say. They're thinking ahead on a lot of these things and they're having discussions about them. So if you're just going out and buying shops at random and you're buying um exemplars at random, just hoarding them thinking, I'm gonna rent these out later because players are gonna need that stuff. They're going to be releasing a lot more stuff, and they'll probably release stuff a lot cheaper once they realize that players aren't going to come in if they have to spend $150 for an exemplar just to play the game. There, it, it's it's going to be a a a learning experience for everybody, and I want people to start thinking ahead about how that engagement comes in and and, and what is fun. Is fun in a game working and managing a shop or having to feed yourself or having to go sleep or um, all those things. Is is that what you consider fun? It might be fun for a while, but when you're talking about thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars put in to buying things for this game, you got to think ahead on that stuff. And you've got to also anticipate what might be coming in the future. So, I want people to be excited about things like that, but I also want to want to talk about the reality of it. And I think that more of the more of the guilds and more of the conversations and more of the podcasts need to to bring that reality and gravity of the situation in and have those conversations now rather than later. Otherwise, people who go in there are just going to be pissed off and leave. Right? We've seen that with a couple of the games that have been released. And I'm not just talking about the Gala platform. We we hear complaints about other platforms too. So, oh, they they had this game loop and then they rugged it. And uh, you know, all of this these weapons I bought they're mine, but now I can't do anything with them. Okay, so again, the purpose of an NFT. We can talk all night about that. Take these and make make the best of it now and talk in terms of reality, not just saying whatever people have to say to get people excited about jumping into an ecosystem and bringing players. That's that's not the goal. The goal isn't to get a thousand people there if 950 of them are going to be pissed off three months into their into their platform visit. 
because of pie-in-the-sky conversations. Let's have those real conversations. Let's bring forward some solutions that that and and tough conversations so that we can solve the problems before they become problems. And before there's tens of thousands of people playing these games, that's going to make it miserable for everybody else. You want people to be feel warm and engaged and welcome and and feeling a sense of purpose, feeling a sense of of the greater they're part of something greater, right? That's what this is about. And that's what the, the traditional gamers have. And that's where they're running into walls on the on the blockchain side because it's all about FOMO and it's all about hype and it's all about tokens and it's all about earning. And nobody wants anything to do with that. They want a fun place to go where they can hang out. There's your fun. Your fun is the experience of what you get, not only being on the platform, being in a game, or having a game come out that you're super excited about, right? Um, I was excited about a few games, and none of them have come to fruition yet, right? Not again, not just Gala Platform, other places. And I want to play them. I want to. I want to jump in. But while you're waiting, if you're in a place where things are, con- you're constantly feeling like you're being shit on, and you're not having any fun on the platform. How are you going to think you're going to have fun in a game? So so that that has to change. The mentality around all these things has to change. Um, Gala, Gala Gang, you're right. People want to have fun, but if you charge me $2,500 for something, it better earn money. Okay, right. And, and that's part of what I'm talking about. And 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 there is there is that hook there, right? There is that hook. And it's directly correlated to how much you're spending. So they've got to figure out a better way to do that. And and again, I know gaming's expensive. It's tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, and in some cases, probably billions of dollars to create a game with that has like the perfect everything. Your GTA 6 type game, right? Or your your Fortnite episode 24 that's kick ass, right? Or NBA 23 or 24 or whatever the case may be. Madden, right? Everybody knows Madden. Look at the progression over the years. It costs hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars to do that. But they don't charge you $2,500 up front to play Madden. They don't do it. And they still make money. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't be there to release new iterations. But for some reason on the blockchain side, a lot of these companies that are out there think that's what you have to do. We got to raise all this money ahead of time. No, you don't. You you have to build something that's going to bring people in or you have to raise money the right way for that. Right. And and get that that start. You may have to take some investors at first. You may have to do things the right way. You may have to register as a security first in order to get there. Do it the right way. Keep the platform where people people want to be there and are excited about the end game. And in the meantime, you can't have an atmosphere where people feel constantly like they're being taken advantage of. That that rarely happens on the on the traditional gaming side. I'd like to see that mentality come come over to this blockchain side. And another thing. You don't have to have a token. 
you don't have to have NFTs. You don't. A lot of these games, if there was no token, it wouldn't make a damn bit of difference. It really wouldn't. If there was no NFTs, it wouldn't make a damn bit of difference. Those are just there, obviously, to make money. Companies have to make money for putting this out. You can sell a pass. You can you can let people play a game to where they earn those those items by playing the game as as part of that progression or 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 you know part of the 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 way to get where you where you need to be the engagement the the grind if you will. I'm not an expert, right? Because if I was an expert, I'd have my own gaming company. I'm going by three years of 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 being deeply immersed in this system and looking at it from a business sense and a personal sense, right? You go to to my Gala wallet right now, and I did this the other night. I don't, I don't know. I'm on this thing, so I don't know if I can do a screen share at the same time. But um, I went in because I'm, I'm trying to get everything organized for taxes, right? And I went into my Gala wallet, and I clicked on the NFT button. And I've spent, I think it was like $10,700 in my Gala wallet on NFTs. And that's since day one, right? Right now, from a tax standpoint, it's being evaluated as being worth $1,200. That doesn't leave a good taste in people's mouths. And when you're going to ask them to buy more things, there's going to be more hesitation. When you're when you're going to delay or otherwise hold off on giving them the utility that they need for the prices they're charging, there better be a lot of it, right? That's going to leave a bad taste. People talk and people will come into a Discord and they'll read about that. Right? There's other discords from other gaming companies out there that are doing things in the meantime to keep people occupied that aren't costing them money, that aren't having that, that cost sunk in, and they're doing just fine. It doesn't have to be the way it is now. There's platforms like Decentraland and, and, and those type of platforms that are trying to pivot to different directions, but you're still seeing the complaints coming out that they're just being milked for money. Yeah, they got to raise money, but they also have to provide something for that. That's where it's lacking is what people are getting for what they're spending is nowhere near equal. And there's a time factor there, too. It's okay for a while, right? I don't mind. Hey, all right, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to buy your um, super kafloofy uh, character for your game, right? I'm not going to buy just the Kafloofy. I'm going to buy the Super Kafloofy, which is which is like 10 times the power. Oh my god, this is going to be great. It shoots lightning bolts out of its ass and and knocks people backwards. I've seen the videos, the concept art. Ugh, right? I'll sit on it for a year, right? But I better be able to use it. Not 5 years, not 10 years. Not pieces parts along the way. I'm willing to wait, but I'm only willing to wait so long. Otherwise, you're, you're talking about communities are, are getting restless and they're, they're going to go where they can get the engagement, where they can get the lower cost, where they can get 
the things that they're missing on the platforms that are that are approaching it maybe in a in a way that that isn't real conducive so look for those platforms look for the platforms that are giving more than they're taking and that have the the proper metrics in the game thinking in your head what would make you want to play a game and and compare it to the game that you're looking at on the platform you're looking at go spend some time in their discord and if all you're seeing is complaints go somewhere else if if you're seeing the the engagement the, the happy people no pie in the sky um conversations I, so i watched um forged in crypto had a podcast today um and and he he made a, a comment that that really it really kind of stuck with me and this this pie in the sky kind of attitude he was he, he gave a, a story about how he had been talking with a, a person that he knows and they were trying to explain to him what this token was and what it did and they couldn't do it well you know it's it, it's token okay well what is it for it well it's for things on the platform well like what well you know things you you can use it well use it on what well you know and oh but there but there's a cool game okay well is the game out no well no okay is it coming out well they're they're working on it you can get nfts for it okay well so you you've got to avoid that kind of stuff right now you want platforms who are going to do it right who are going to who are approaching it the right way who aren't who aren't just creating things to create things the best way to put it I, i've been on my soapbox like for a long time now um so i'm not gonna go i'm i'm seeing your comments rob okay i, I don't want to go deep this isn't a gala show tonight you know maybe another week it'll be a gala show. i don't want this to be a gala show tonight i i want to talk about the bigger picture so i hope that uh my yammering now for where's my where's my timer 58 minutes has put something in your head that that'll help inspire you to think a little bit more that'll that'll inspire you to go look for some projects who are going to innovate who are going to take it to the next level who are going to create excitement not fomo who are who are going to be doing things the right way and adopting uh platforms and 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 rails and means of doing things uh, people like Rostikip and uh, what Timbo's built over at the Mafia and what what the Gala Collective is looking to build. I mean, these are the places that you want to be looking at. You want you want answers. You want direction. You want clear focus. You want clear answers. If someone can't explain what they're doing in three sentences or less, they don't know what they're doing. If they can't explain it to you like you're five years old and it has to be this big, complicated ball of shit, they're full of shit. They're trying to make it more than it is. It, it should be quick. It should be simple. It should be above board. There should be disclosures. There should be happy people around them. There should be no big pie in the sky promises. Those are the places you want to be. And we're at the point where if things are kind of coming up, as, as we think they are right now, this is your opportunity to jump in there. This is your ability to find them, to, to start engaging with them, and see if this is right for you. 
you don't want to get in at the top, right? If the bull market does take off now, I'm not sure it will. I'm still 50-50 on that. But if it does take off and we're in a bull market, you do not want to be buying at the top. We all know that, right? I hope everybody knows that. And the number one rule of investing in anything, real simple. It's not about what you make. It's about what you don't lose. It's that simple. Don't lose. Even if you, you, you earn three tokens a day, you're not losing 10. If you buy an NFT for $100 and you sell it later for $102, you're not losing money. If you buy an NFT for $100 and sell it later for $8, that's a problem. Okay? So band together, create, create an environment, create talk around projects that are going somewhere. Let's put our heads together. Let's dive into this market as things start to expand. Let's do it the right way. Let's do it together and let's go to the top. Let's ride this bull for all it's worth, or at least this little pump. Thank you guys for a fantastic hour. Hopefully Faz will be back with us uh, next week, recovered from his Brazilian waxing accident. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Peace out. Thank you so much.